we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is truly appreciated. Is it safe to come back out yet from last weekend? I'm not quite sure because it was a war zone last weekend here at the Lakers Fast Break at Lakerholics Roundtable, but I'll see if I can go ahead and come right back at you here. It's Gerald Glassford, Lakers Fast Break, but I've got on. See, there you go. Oh, 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 oh got to watch out for Laker Tom. He's going to be throwing more zingers at us, but he's in a better mood today because the Lakers look like from all appearances that they've made a great acquisition earlier today as we're speaking. So we're going to talk about that coming up in a sec. Who do the Lakers get? You'll find out. Plus, we're going to be talking about more rumor mills because we're going to take a trip down the rumor mill. Plus, we're also going to be talking about a lot of other great things as well, including should we have a crowd at the Staples Center or not? We're going to talk about that coming up. And also, who will or will not pick up their option for the Lakers fast break as well. But guys, it is Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is the actual, hopefully, newest Laker. And in what is the first transaction, just before the trades really get underway, sources say, and if Shams and Adrian Wojnarowski are already reporting it, it must be, must be true, that the Lakers... We'll be going ahead and sending Danny Green to Oklahoma City and the number 28 draft choice that they have to draft first. It's so funny because according to the Stepien rule, you can't actually tra- you know, trade all your first round picks, but you can go ahead and draft someone then trade them five seconds later after you draft them. Oh, that's really good. So that's what they're going to be doing right now, I guess, according to all sources, is that Danny Green... And the first round draft pick in this year's draft, 20, number 28, will be going to Oklahoma City for Dennis Schroeder. And here today to talk about that and so much more. First off, I'm going to go ahead and hit him up. He is the magic man for Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It is Sean Grice. And Sean, your thoughts on the trade for, we're still trying to figure out how best to say his last name, but I'm going to say Dennis Schroeder. I'm going to say Schroeder as well, Gerald. Uh, I love the pickup. I love this trade for us. Uh, I realize we're substituting some size defensively, but what we're picking up is one of the most versatile offensive talents off the bench the NBA seen in the last five years. Whether he's been Atlanta, OKC, back to Atlanta, back to OKC, he's always been a threat be the sixth man in the year. Um, he's improved exponentially since he first got into the league. He has a three-point shot now. And one thing that, that Tom will love about Schroeder is his ability for the law pass. A large percentage of assists come off the law pass, whether it's in transition or in half-court offenses. He, he really found some chemistry with one Steven Adams, and I think he can replicate that with uh, AD and uh, JaVale McGee, who I believe will pick up his player option. Well, we'll see about that as far as it's concerned. That's coming up for the option portion of the program. But I wanted to ask you this. Jamie Sweet, who's going to be giving us five great things on why, well, maybe not here now, but five great things I see coming up, and Dennis Schroeder will be a part of it. I want to give you this rundown real quick, Jamie Sweet, and everybody out there. His last year in Oklahoma City, 19 points a game, 51% from as far as his overall field goal percentage, including 30, almost 39% from three-point area. Really good numbers, really solid numbers. The best year of his career was, I think, second or third in the running for sixth man of the year. Played a very, very integral role as far as the three-guard offense in Oklahoma City. Again, size will still be a little bit of an issue, so you're concerned about that as far as in the playoffs, but as a playmaker, as a scorer, 
consistently and as someone who has a respected outside shot, this definitely is a bonus for the Lakers. I think it's a huge pickup. I think it's one of the, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because they're both on expiring deals. So you're basically swapping one for the other plus a pick, uh, whoever that ends up being at 28, which you can make the argument that Danny Green had such a, a not really visible impact on the playoff, but statistically he had a huge impact on our NBA finals run. Uh, he was when we were, he was on the floor, we generally played well. Um, whether he shot well or you know missed wide open threes or not uh notwithstanding and and the uh the periphery uh that went with all that but i i have always been a big fan of dennis schrader i kind of feel like he's a like kind of if you put danny green and rondo in the same body like he's a little bit better of a shooter than rondo not quite the passer that rondo is he's a little quicker than green is uh and he's quicker than ball. rondo I think he's quicker than Rondo at this point. Rondo used to be so quick. He's lost yeah, a step, but at least just, so. But age is the difference there. Totally, totally. Like you're getting the younger, better version of Rondo who all, who already shoots better than Rondo probably ever will. I mean, I will give Rajon a lot of credit for really getting that wide open catch and shoot three uh, down, which he hit very well for us. And I, I hope that he continues to hit well uh, for the future of his playing career, save when he's playing against us. Should he not uh, return to the Lakers? I don't necessarily see this as taking away from Rondo's ability to return. It's a great trade in that you're swapping youth. You're going to get his bird rights next year so that should you need to go over the cap to resign him along with making a big trade, or if he plays so well that you can sign and trade him to make, to have like a, a key piece for another team, say Milwaukee, uh, moving forward, which will definitely need point guard help going forward. They're a point guard mess over there. I'm amazed that they're not interested in Chris Paul for some reason. It must be that OKC must look at the contracts they're trying to trade and be like, we don't want Eric Bledsoe. We don't want, <laughs> you know, we don't want all these guys. So nobody wants these cap situation, uh, including Milwaukee. Well, so the, I, I think it, I'm surprised that, that great trade. well, I'm surprised that they're, that they want another first round pick because as Adrian Wojnarowski described it, I think 16, up to 16 first-round draft picks for Oklahoma City before 2027. That's a mind-boggling yeah. number. That's a, that's more than an entire team of right. first-round draft picks. That's right. crazy. No, it's ridiculous. Well, they're gonna try. They're gonna have to give those some of those away to get rid of Chris Paul. Like that's what it's yeah. gonna take. Somebody's gonna have to get like five first round draft picks to also take Chris Paul. Like yeah, exactly. Laker Tom, make it right. you take a first round draft pick. Jamie right, Sweet, yeah. you take a first round draft pick. <laughs> it, Magic Man, it, you take a first round draft pick. Everyone have it, a first round draft pick. They're gonna make it rain Oprah style, man. It's that's that's how you're gonna get rid of him. You're not gonna get rid of him. His contract is it's it's a third. It's over a third of the salary cap. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's one guy sucks up a third of your cap, like at his age, like who needs that? And the same thing's going to happen with Russell Westbrook, except it'll be even more untradeable on down the line. You know, somebody else is going to have to shut. That's the other thing. Maybe they're looking at one of the two, like they're going to have to get rid of somebody, you know, well, Russell's on Houston now, but point being is I think that they're going to probably attach like four or five first round draft picks uh, in various stages of the, of the round to, to get rid of Chris Paul. That's, that's my, uh, even even though Chris Paul has two years left on his contract, it's going to be easier to unload him because of all those first-round draft picks than Houston going to be trying to unload Russell Westbrook. Although I have a feeling both will be on the move. I just have a feeling both will be on the move. I could see a Westbrook for uh, Bledsoe and like another couple of guys to make the salaries work, uh, send him, which would be devastating in terms of transition, but terrible in terms of half court uh, for uh, <laughs> for Milwaukee. But Westbrook's going somewhere. They, they, I don't see how they can run that back out again. I think they might both be going somewhere. It's just everybody's going to want Hardman. I don't know who wants. It's hard to find. A, you'd have to find a team with like a great three-pointing, three-point shooters and no point guard, which I don't know if that exists. Laker Tom is here as well. He's the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation at Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, also check out all the great things that you're writing about on Medium.com and your very much traveled articles that you have there. I want to hear your thoughts on the Dennis Schroeder trade. I know you were smiling, not because you're back here, and I'm going to try to avoid the war zone today. I think we're all in agreement that this was a very good move for the team. It does leave some small issues you have to go ahead and clear up. But again, it is a step in the right direction. 
We needed a playmaker. We needed someone who during the season can get you buckets. We need someone a little bit more consistent with it coming off the bench or possibly even starting that could go ahead and contribute on a regular basis. And I think we just might have found that individual. Shooter's an interesting case because he's he's really had almost a career year at Oklahoma City. Um, a couple of the things that just weren't covered by the other guys is Shooter's defensive rating was 103. Were he on the Lakers last year, that would be the second best defensive rating on the team, second to Alex Caruso's 101. So he's an outstanding defender. He fights through screens. In a lot of ways, he reminds me a lot of Avery Bradley, that he's going to be able to be that aggressive on-the-ball guy. He's a, He's got a little bit of nasty in his attitude, too. You know, he's he's not a guy you push around. And so he's going to, he's a real fighter. And I think we're going to see him, I think we're going to see him start. I mean, Woj had a comment in his article on ESPN that Schroeder's been pushing hard to start is one of the things he was not happy with in Oklahoma City. And supposedly the Lakers have promised him an opportunity to start. Um, and if they're looking to re-sign him on a long-term contract, which is also confirmed by Woj, then uh, starting is a big part of that whole situation. So I think he's going to take he's going to replace uh, Avery Bradley as a starting point guard. Um, there's a lot of talk that uh, the Lakers have already been talking to Wesley Matthews, who uh, had signed a one-year minimum contract with Milwaukee, started every game. He's been an excellent defender. His defensive rating was like 98.6, the second best on that team behind Giannis. So he's uh, a couple of inches shorter than. Um, than uh, Danny is, but he's he seems quicker from the times I've seen him. A little he's still, old. He's still, he's still in his mid-30s, though. He, let's put that yeah, in Well, he's, he's 33, I think, and, and Danny's 34. And he did so have the Achilles injury. Younger. He did have the Achilles um, injury, so to let you know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I think that he's he's the guy that they have in mind because he can guard the bigger guards. But he can have um, three. That's one of the problem that Dennis has. Dennis is not going to be a guy. They're going to hunt him and switch him off. Yeah. Um, he's not he's not Lou Williams, who just is a no show on defense. So he's yeah. going to be pretty good defensively. And but he, like you said, he, he leaves a couple of moves that we have to make. One of them is to replace Danny Green. Yeah. Um, hopefully Matthews will be that person. And it seems like the Lakers, if Rob is doing the same thing with Matthews that he did in this situation, uh, he's already got him lined up. And then the other the other move down the road, obviously, is is the center position, which we'll get into later. Um, but I like the move a lot. I, I think there's a couple of things that are also special about Schroeder and how he fits on the Lakers. Um, one thing is that he is a finisher. He can shoot a mid-range off the pick and roll. He can finish to the rim with a floater, and he can get to the rim. He shoots. He's in the 80th, 90th percentile on everything going to the basket because of his quickness. Um, those quick drives that you saw Rondo do in the playoffs are exactly the bread and butter um, he drives to the bay. He shows a third of his baskets driving to the rim. The Lakers are dead last in the league in drives to the rim. I mean, that seems amazing when you count the number of times uh, that we dunk the ball and so forth with LeBron going down there and so forth. But we basically are an outside shooting or a low post team. We don't really have a lot of drives. And most of the drives that we make are drives to set up shooters. They're driving dishes. So we're going to get a lot more. He reminds me of what we were hoping Deion Waiters would be, you know, a guy who could get to the basket and 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 really punish people by getting in there and beating them off of the dribble. Um, the big benefit is that Dennis, you just cannot, you have to guard him close, which opens up his quickness because he's an he's turned into an excellent shooter. Um, there was a great video. He's he's also like KCP, a client of uh, Lethal Shooter. Um, There's a great video that I posted on Lakerholics.com. Um, Showing uh, Lethal Shooter working out with uh, with Dennis, and uh, he's uh, he's actually got a little bit more of a jump. He used to shoot just a total set shot, and he's leaving his feet a little bit now on that jump shot just to get a little little more power from the legs on it. So um, hopefully, you know, it, you're you're gambling, but here's a 27 year old guy. He's in the same championship window as 26 year old Anthony Davis, as uh, you know, it's a perfect fit with a, a young Caruso and a young KCP. Um, I agree with Jamie that I don't think it detracts from Rondo coming back. Rondo wasn't going to be the starter, and I think Schroeder is going to be the starter. But what it does is 
it lever it takes away some leverage that Rondo has with other teams because he's trying to get the non-taxpayer $9.3 million MLE, and most teams are going to only be able to offer him the 5.6 taxpayer MLE. So there's a little leverage there. Uh, the big concern probably is the two-year contract, two- or three-year contract. Rondo and KCP both want a long-term deal. Thank and that's right. what the Lakers are probably not going to give them. So, if, but the other hand, if, if, we lose, if we lose Bradley, we lose Rondo, we lose – KCP, um, KCP, because he's a clutch client, I think if we lose him, there's a good chance that we may be able to turn that into a sign and trade um, because they don't want to hurt LeBron's situation by letting KCP go all alone without getting any compensation. So I think there's a good opportunity there that we might. Um, I posted a couple of trades. One was a wild wish trade for Christian Wood, which probably ain't going to happen. Um, or Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard would be an interesting, an interesting swap. Um, 40%, three years of 40% three-point shooting, 90% free throw shooter. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot there to like in either one of those situations, but I think that's the real wild card that comes from this deal, which is Kyle Kuzma is still a Laker. That's the Rob, huge part of this. Rob thing. was able to get that deal done without giving up his number one trading chip. Absolutely. So that's a and, good thing right there. Yes. I and, and that trading chip is going to get traded because next year he will be a restricted free agent. The last thing we want to do is to lose him for nothing. Exactly. I'm, and I'm, everybody has money next year. Because he Every wants team's going to have cap space. And he'll want it to make it rain, of but course. We'll get traded now or we'll get traded at the trade deadline. One of the I, think, I think the deadline. I think the deadline. Well, well, we know you've been saying that for the deadline for everything. Uh, it makes the most sense because it's you're going to see season with only 72 games. When is the deadline? We don't even know yet. It's going to be two thirds of the way through the season. Like it always is. Well, not two thirds of the way. It's about one third of the way through. About 60, through 60%, about 60%, I think. Yeah. 60%. yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to get, he's going to get traded. Mean. He'll get traded before our next show. Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. You know, you talk about KCP possibly being on the move. If he gets 15 to 17 offered, yeah, he's yeah. going to probably leave. I'm hoping that would be a sign and trade in place because of it. But we got to remember there could be another big guard that the Lakers could already have in place that could start alongside Schroeder. If, again, Avery Bradley is moved. Because Avery Bradley, if he's not moved and you have to keep him for some reason, I think he needs to start. He's not going to be any good to you really off the bench. Schroeder, unfortunately, you would probably have to sweet talk him you know, do something behind the scenes, maybe to go ahead and massage his eagle to go ahead and maybe come off the bench. But I'm hoping that he'll get the chance to start and that Avery Bradley will be on the move to get a maybe a better opportunity for him if that's the case because I think his time spent away from the bubble and the Lakers winning the championship was not in his best interest. I mean, do you agree, concur with that, Laker Tom? I mean, they, yes. they, yeah, I think hey, Jamie, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where Avery lives, but I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that part of his decision is wanting to control where he's going to go. Um, he either, and most likely it's kind of foolish to think that he would do this without his agent having talked to somebody who's going to offer him a two or three year contract, maybe, you know, for even the same amount, because he knows the Lakers aren't going to give anything other than one year contracts probably. Uh, to him, I, I don't think they would offer more than one year, unless it was a very yeah. cheap two year deal. 
But, right. you know, you do have the emergency in case of break glass in case of emergency type deal in a starter at your big guard, Alex mm -hmm. Caruso. So there you go right there for defense. I don't think Caruso is a starter. I'm sorry. I know you, some of you do, but he started I don't in game seven. I mean, I, I love those words. I almost see here Mark Jackson telling me how bad a deal and how bad a move it was making. I hear those ringing in my ears almost every now and then. And then I, don't I, have any, I don't have any disagreement that Caruso is a valuable player, but he's not a top – he's not going to start for the Lakers. No, I wouldn't say he's going to get more minutes. I wouldn't, really say, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say you could put him in as a spot starter or make him, make him a starter and still play him the same amount of minutes, 20, 25 minutes. I think once you – again, it's always said with Alex Caruso. Lakers need somebody who can guard the wing, bigger wings. He's 6'5". They have to get somebody. Yeah, but he's not. His forte is not physically guarding a person like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is going to shoot over oh, him until. The, tell me, tell me the people. Yeah, who but are. I mean, you're That's talking a, right. You're, you're, you're listing a top five player in the NBA and saying like a guy who guards literally everybody well, else but, can't guard like this one guy. So ah. no, but it, but it's, <laughs> it's no different. KCP's six five also. KCP's right. a really good defender. He can't he, guard Kawhi Leonard one-on-one. There's a whole bunch of guys that fall into that category. No, there's a whole bunch of guys who fall into that category Kawhi, of the bigger wings. We don't have somebody to guard them no, and I, other I, than LeBron I, and AD. I agree with you on that, but Kawhi is just a That's hard really matchup true. for everyone. So you need someone like a someone six seven. Six, Jamichael Green could possibly even, as far as, you know, if they look into him trying to see if he's available because he's not going to be out in the open market. But it is going to be hard to find defensive wings. Anywhere in the NBA, two to guard him because you don't want you want LeBron in the game at the three. You need a big two. That was why Danny always started and often finished. Yeah, and often finished. Despite you need that. a big you need a big two. That's why they're looking at Matthews. I agree with that. I agree with that. Two hundred pound guy who's Matthews has got long arms. He's got a good. He's probably got a much larger longer reach than his. Six three height. I, I mean, I like Matthews height. as well, but I'm just Sean. I'll get you in just a sec. But I like Matthews as well. It's just I'm worried again. Two years from two years or three years now from the Achilles injury, uh, and he is 34. So those 34. these are things. Are, and he's going to be a, a good shooter. Provides you especially from the wing. I love. The, I've seen him many times from at Dallas and now Milwaukee. Do a lot of great things from the three point area out, out on the wing, but. Sean, I know you want to talk a little bit about Wesley Matthews. And again, we're all in agreement on Dennis Schroeder, except for how we pronounce his last name. We're all in agreement as far as it being a good move for the Lakers. But go ahead real quick, Sean, your thoughts uh, with Wesley Matthews possibly joining the Lakers as well. Yeah, I, I, outside of the legacy connection, Gerald, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, his father played for the Lakers. I believe he was on two championship teams, if I'm not mistaken. He's coming He's coming off a pretty good season where he played pretty well. I think an opportunity to get about 20, 25 minutes a night off the bench and have a really good three-point shot might lend him to have, you know, some nibbles next offseason for, you know, put a – put some more in his bank account that than he already got but i mean we'll see i i like the deal actually i like i like the i like it uh, he's he's a legacy he's got a like tom said he's long so and he's got the trees back there i mean any guy who plays defense on the perimeter that you're selling for lakers and free agency look you got anthony davis and lebron james back there so as long as you do your job, you're going to look good, and we're going to look good. That's the style right now, and I think Wes Matthews is a nice fit. I, w I would I hope he's a nice fit. I mean, I'm just, again, 34 years of age. I'm still kind of – you know, when you get someone in that area, it either works out like P.J. Tucker or it doesn't like some others that are in their mid-30s. does work out like Rajon Rondo during the playoffs, of course. And then it doesn't for others. So it, it's really kind of a catch-22 on that. But, Laker Tom, I want to ask you this. There's going to be other things as far as the shoring up the entire roster is concerned. And we'll talk about where you see a possible trade for Kuzma and and THT, if that he's going to be on the move and whatnot. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, either this week or in the coming weeks. But I want to ask you this. Well, if they're not already traded. But I want to ask you this: Some of the rumor, rumorville, as far as, or is there any other names that are being tossed out there that you're that you're seeing that could be a fit for the Lakers? 
obviously Chris Paul is no more a no-no. I think that that right. deal's gone bye-bye. Thank goodness for that. And I want to hear your thoughts on some maybe possible other names that have been tossed around because there's been a whole bunch of names being tossed around that could be on the way to the Lakers. Well, I think the the big one, which has been rumored, and it's kind of funny because it's a very similar rumor to almost the Wesley Matthews rumor that the Lakers have interest in, um, and uh, and that's Ibaka. Um, I, he does everything that the Lakers need because I think what we saw last year was we understand that Frank Vogel is a defense-first coach and his defensive philosophy starts at the rim. So you need a rim protector. You need somebody who can who can bang, and let's say you need somebody who can bang enough that they can guard Jokic, you know? Uh, you, you, can't, you can't have, you know, I mean, AD can guard him and so forth, but you don't want to have that situation. He is the perfect example of why you want a banger that can do it. And then the other thing is that we saw with the combination of Morris and AD as a four or five, that that ability to play five out and to stretch the floor and how it opened up lanes for LeBron to LeBron and AD both to attack the basket um, and open three point shots that, that we would get. Uh, I, I think Abaka is the perfect person to go in there. And, and the rumors are that, you know, that he may be available. He may be interested in joining the Lakers. So he would, you know, I mean, the, I think, I don't know who Sean was thinking of other than Matthew starting, because I, I think that that's the obvious starter, unless KCP came back. Then I could see Matthews coming off the bench and, and Kenny starting. Uh, and, I, and, and, you know, you just hope that happens because uh, you, some, you know, he's, he's such a valuable player for the Lakers. He was probably their third best player overall when you take the whole season into effect as well as the playoffs. Well, let me uh, ask you this. Let me, heroics. Would you take a trade? Would you be okay if you lost Howard, which is a very real possibility, mm -hmm. and McGee, which I know you <laughs> would yeah, like to Obaka be around. I take Obaka and Cousins okay. in a minute. That's exactly what I was going to That's ideally where I want to see us go because – Me too. Two guys who've got bulk to really play the low-close game – and can stretch the floor so that you can play the five-out game. Yep, that would be ideal. That's, that just gives us such added flexibility and some really power. We That makes the five position really great. Um, that would be my swap, and that's why I've included DeVale in every single trade I've <laughs> visualized, you know? I was gonna be, uh, it was going to be so funny because we had such a worrying moment, and Laker Tom was like all over me if you saw the video from last week. I was going to throw him nothing but softball questions for this week, but you know what? He's done a great job, and we actually were on the same wavelength there. Appreciate it, I was, Jamie. I was going to ask him questions. We're on the same wavelength ninety percent of the time. Darryl. Yes, well, it's that ten percent that kills to, us. You just trying to create chaos just for the audience. Well, Sean, Jamie, I was going to ask him like this softball questions, like. Do you like the Lakers, Tom? <laughs> Make it a little easier this week. But, Jamie, I'll ask you this before we hit up Sean next. I want to ask you this. I mean, you, you hopefully see those signs of how the team is forming. And, and it all sounds great on paper. We've had this before and gone through this before. But I always worry, though, when we have too much of a mix of mid-30s because you never know what you're going to get at that age. You're, some of them are living off of former reputations. Getting Serge, Serge Ibaka, it would be great, the Serge Ibaka that I know. Could he still be the Serge Ibaka that we know in flashes? I'm not expecting it every game out. I'm, you know, anybody who is expecting Serge Ibaka at 30, what, 33, 30, 32, 33 in that 31. age? 31. 31. 31. Okay, so he's still, still good. But anybody who's expecting these mid-30s like Wesley Mathis to, to appear – time in time out at that high level that's one thing you want them to show up when it counts the most but be able to go ahead and provide enough effectiveness during the season that's what i think i'm counting for i think that would be wise and i think the key adjective you used there was in flashes yes. uh i i think that that's going to be i mean that's any bench right like it, that and that was like 
frankly, that was the recipe for success for Laker benches of yore, right? Like we have like these three kind of aged vets who come in and do like Ron Harper. I don't need you to play 25 minutes a game, Ron Harper. I need you to play like 15 great minutes, smart minutes, mistake-free minutes, maybe even hit an open shot minutes. And that's all you're going to ask Ibaka to do. That's all you're going to ask even Cousins to do, frankly, at this point. Like if if they can provide more, if they're better than that, well, that's that's just gravy. But, you know, if you can get 15, 20 minutes out of guys like that a game, you're you got AD and LeBron. You got I mean all all of this is sort of like deciding like what is also going to be on the Thanksgiving dinner table, right? Like we got our turkey. We got our mashed potatoes. Like we got the two main dishes like they're solid, like they're delicious. There's no walking away. We're talking about the cranberry sauce. We're talking about the stuffing. We're talking, you know what I mean? Like, don't forget like, the chocolate cream pie, man. Oh, that's just me. That's well, that's me. dessert. That's dessert. And that's banner 18, right? Uh, tamales. The chocolate cream. Tamales. No. Have hot hey, tamales. man. Hey, as, a, as a lifelong vegetarian, I've had lasagna for Thanksgiving. I've had tamales. I've had, I've, it, I've run the gamut. Everything but turkey <laughs> my whole life. So, uh, but never, not once. Um, I was born and bred a vegetarian. I mean, uh, we can talk about it on a different podcast. Point being, I just think that for guys like that, 20 minutes a game at best. Um, and I think that exactly what Laker Tom said, like one of the keys to our ability uh, to have great success, both in the playoffs, NBA finals, and throughout the regular, regular season, although the lineup was a little more static during the regular season, was our ability to adapt to the matchup. Our ability to adapt to the matchup was elite in the playoffs it was obviously the best because we won but i mean on top of that you could argue that the way that frank vogel could take a player out and completely change the tenor of the defense and i'm not even talking about how we score just the way that we can disrupt the other team's offense uh was just such a huge key in us having the success that we did in the playoffs so adding guys like cousins and ibaka further adds to that now if mcgee opts in that's kind of a weird scenario. I feel like you don't need McGee, Cousins, and Ibaka, uh, Ibaka, and I'm not sure which one would be the odd man out because I don't know how true the rumors are of the handshake agreement with Cousins. I would imagine it's in place because he's just been around the team for forever at this point. Uh, and either he's like moving into El Segundo uh, and just gonna <laughs> gonna have a little apartment Hi, there. And I hear right, hey guys, Hi, right, how you guys doing? You guys need anything? Where's I'm my going ring? Get some coffee. Like I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not sure like what that would entail. And I will say this: there is still the potentiality for a KCP and McGee and Bradley make a sign and trade. Somebody could really be into KCP and we could throw a, you know, we could make the money work. And, and the, and I think the McGee Bradley salary combo is about 12 million, just under 12 million, I think. So I know that the Chris Paul rumor mill won't die down until he's somewhere else. And with the potentiality to sign and trade KCP, uh, it's kind of still alive and well, why OKC would want to do that. I can't say, but it's there. The possibility is there. I think it's a bit from rumblings from him, Dennis Schroeder. I think that's probably the reason why he's out. And you know what? To the Lakers' benefit that they've got him. Uh, and I just yeah. There. But Sean, I want to hit you up with this, my friend. It's time for the option game. So who will take their option coming up? And we're going to start you with a tough one. Avery Bradley. So will Avery Bradley take his option? Or decline since it's been confirmed that he's changed representation I'd like to change my answer from a, a couple weeks ago Gerald and say he will now decline his option and enter unrestricted free agency I'm have a tendency to agree because he I maybe if he get, if goes let's say he gets a maybe a two-year deal maybe for like 10 million or 11 million 12 million as opposed to what he's getting now one year five Maybe it works out. The math works out better for him. Maybe a two-year nine or something like that. Just something where he has a little bit more stability going forward than what he has now. That might be the case. He lives in Austin. I, I think so. He still lives yeah, in Austin? I, I think so. I, I believe so. I, I think Mavs. I, I, think <laughs> it, I think the Mavs are more locked in on Gorn Dragic and Fred Van Fleet right now. That's who they want to put beside Luka. Well, you could trade um, Seth Curry for the to the Lakers. We'll take forty three percent three point. 
Luca would kill. Luca would kill. Go ahead, Ben. I was I was gonna say, yeah. If you look at a situation like Atlanta, for example, so we're talking about KCP or Avery Bradley opting into free agency and looking at a team like that. Do they really make the difference for? Team like that to make the playoffs. If you added KCP to the Hawks, are they a playoff team? No, not necessarily. I don't know. I think they would need one more player. Not necessarily. But right, I, right. And I think I think it's less obvious for KCP and Avery Bradley to end up with a contender for just one reason. All those contenders want to create as much cap space as they can for Giannis. So any contending team that signed Atlanta, Atlanta is going to go after it. Put options. Yeah. They're gonna I think so, Tom. It's going to make it rain for KCP, so he's going to be a happy yeah, camper. It's got to be a team that has a lot of cap space because yep. they not. it's not a team that's looking for one piece, like Sean says. It's a team that's got enough money to buy two or three pieces. And also, too, the, the rumors are that OKC is going to flip Danny Green right away anyway. Or let it go to the, maybe the trade deadline. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. To, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the Clippers or the Bucks. So it's it's an interesting situation, but I, I think it's the multi-year thing, and I wouldn't be surprised too if it's also the ability to choose where you go, you know, rather than just get traded wherever the Lakers want to send you. Well, in Danny Green's case, if he doesn't get traded, he'll be bought out by the end of the yeah. season. So he'll go somewhere to a contender by the end of the season. Right, Laker and we talk. cannot. We cannot resign him. <laughs> yes, but that's one of the rules. I don't, I don't think you'll be uh, waiting in anticipation after your love affair with Danny Green. Concern. And well, speaking- you know, listen, I, Danny. I've always said that you look at the net ratings and you look at the plus minuses. Danny Green is up there every time among the top two or three players on the Lakers for the little things that he does. Yep. And so, in a way. I was kind of surprised because I thought that the only reason in my mind that Oklahoma City would make the trade was a veteran mentor for all of the young players they've got. There can't be somebody who's better than that from a team standpoint than Danny Green because he's doing all of those small things and you want to lead by example. That's exactly what you want to teach all of the young players and the team to do. That every pick counts, every pick counts, every defensive positioning counts, being in the right place counts. All of those little things that that really add up into the plus minus and net ratings that make a, make a player a good teammate. Well, he knew he was going after all those yeah. podcasts he was on in the past, what, two, three weeks. And he was on mm-hmm. making all those appearances. He knew he, he was gone. He had a feeling he would be trade fodder. And uh, I he do, just thought I, he'd be along with Kyle. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I want to say thank you for everything that he brought to the team for the year. I yes. I know it was a very hard thing to go through, especially the fact that he didn't, uh, go ahead and have three-time champion, man. Yeah, three-time There's got to be some reason why he's a three-time champion. And absolutely, he and he played effectively on defense uh, at at times. Obviously, blocking some shots, good rebounder, but unfortunately, didn't make that shot, which a lot of people are going to stick that sticks out in their head is that shot. Whatever. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I was just going to add a, a little footnote onto uh, Danny Green's Laker career. Gerald, it comes full circle. He started out in the G League in Cleveland. LeBron was begging the Cavs front office to bring this guy up. I think he's a really good player. And they just they waved him. Let him go. Yeah. They waved him. And that and that really bothered the hell out of LeBron. And so for Danny Green to come full circle now and win a championship with him, I, I thought it was great enough. Agreed. Next uh, on our list, I'll go with Laker Tom. Laker Tom, a favorite of yours during the course of the season, that would be JaVale McGee. So does he opt in or does he opt out? I think if he's going to uh, exercise his player option and get traded. Okay. Along with Kyle Kuzma. I think he's going to exercise. And again, it's not financially responsible if he doesn't take that contract that's offered to him now. He's not going to get anything near it. He's just going to be offered the minimum yeah. everywhere you go. So I think it's in his best financial interest to go ahead and do so. Go ahead, Sean. The only reason, the only reason I could see him opting out would be just to control where he goes. Because I think he's got to realize 
And I, I think most of these guys have to make a decision on Thursday. At least that's what I read, that most of those uh, player option decisions are going to be this Thursday. I mean, talk about a fast week. Yeah, 18th is a <laughs> draft, 19th they decide, I mean, 20th is the free agency. That $4.2 million is, the Lakers are not going to keep that on the books. I mean, they, you know, they still, they were not going to be able to get rid of Luol Deng's uh, right. contract. So they're going to have to. doesn't seem like. No, no I, I haven't heard anything on the Luol Deng thing. That's a long shot as it is. I mean, you know, even there's two guys that are now on the trade block, if you will. It, it, it's Cook with his 1 million guaranteed or else they'll waive him. They'll, they'll waive him for down to 333,000. And there's McGee, who I think could even be in the same, same situation because He's got four point two million. And if he opts in, he's going to be traded along with Kuzma. You know, I, I think it's inevitable. Kuzma's a restricted free agent next year. We could lose him for nothing. So it's foolish well, to think. Let, I mean, Jamie might be right that they might wait until the trade deadline, but they're not going to wait till next year. John, no, no, no. Would you would you trade Kuzma, Javale McGee if he opts in, and THD for Norm Powell? Because the Raptors would make that trade in a second. No, I wouldn't trade I like for Norm, I wouldn't trade THT. I, I, what did Norm shoot on threes? He was in, he was a little sketchy, but he was in the high 30s. I like his defense. I would trade THT. I am not as high on THT. I don't want to trade THT at this point in time. I do. And and remember, you get, when, you, when you're trading for Norm Powell, you're also getting playoff Norm. Playoff norm comes up big in the playoffs. I'd have to look. I'd have to look at his stats because I haven't really considered that one, Sean. Um, I do like. I do like the fact that all of a sudden we might have three or four players who are also the same age as and have the same championship window that AD does, and I think that's important. You need that. You need that blend. On the other hand, um, when it comes down to a decision for a particular year. <laughs> there's no doubt that the Lakers that the Lakers are in a win now mode. And there's no doubt that they don't hesitate on veterans. You know, they've seen what they got from a lot of these veterans. But there's also, you know, you, you got to bring back guys like Morris. You know, I mean, uh, he's I think he's so critical. Um, he really he really he also has the third best defensive rating on the team. Uh, Marquise Morris did. And uh, and even though he didn't shoot as well as he should have based upon his regular season history he did well in the playoffs and he was really an important clog uh, to allow ad he's the guy who gave us you know 48 minutes of being able to play small ball against against miami and we're going to see a lot of that a lot more teams playing that way as we move forward one thing about you guys have a fascination with thd i don't see it i don't think he's going to develop the way you guys think he is because I think it's still a matter of the shot being it, it will dictate exactly how effective he can be off the ball going play and dropping. PhD. But, <laughs> what did he play? One game against Houston? Come on. Two, 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 two whole games. games. Two whole games. So oh, my, oh, oh, I've discredited his whole game that I forgot that he wasn't in it. That was the one there was that was one of the blowouts I would imagine. <laughs> I just cool. don't I just don't see what uh, you guys no, I don't see no, the fact only played in the You gotta remember in, he's a clutch client. Uh, that's so overrated. Well, THT. I, I, I mean, THT, always, yeah, I THT for a second round draft pick from last year, who's still not playing any consistent minutes. The Lakers are in a win now mode. You said it. The Lakers are in a win now mode and they can't wait for an 18 year old to develop or now a 19 year old to develop. You got to go ahead. If you want to win now, LeBron's windows. He's got to break his way into the lineup. Yeah. Or he will get traded at some point. Yeah. I mean, do you think THT could actually play effective minutes now? I don't. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. No, I don't I think. think he, as we head I into the season, could... let's, let's go back to what we talked about last week, which is a good point that, that you were really pushing hard, which is that this is a 72-game season. There are going to be a lot of load management. And, and this is the perfect time for a kid like THT to get minutes. And I think they would, what they were doing in the finals was – what they were doing in the playoffs was giving him a shot – in what they felt were good situations where he could really contribute in. And the kid came through. He or showcase him. Or showcase him. Or showcase him. I will say this. I he, think that it's important. Too much I think it's... A, he, 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 you don't showcase him for two games thinking you're going to get anything out of that. 
that was a test to see if the kid could handle the pressure, and he handled it beautifully. I think that you, the Lakers are going to need to balance the win now with the reality that in the modern NBA, you need cost-controlled, impactful players, players on their rookie-scale yep. deals that this is what they've done with Kuzma. And I could imagine them following a certain, a, the similar pattern with THT and that, you know, is he going to have the breakout rookie season that Kuzma had? Of course not. He didn't. It's never going to happen. But does that mean he's not going to be a player of similar impact than a Kyle Kuzma is? But without the hype, I could see that happening. I, I my my ceiling for him is Kuzma esque, like, but not year one, like this year, where he's going to be a little bit better of a playmaker, a little bit better of a defender coming out of the box, and that shot will develop or it won't develop. But those other two things, you're never going to be able to take away. You're never going to take away his, that he's a, he can have a, an impact on the defensive end, and I think Not that he does. Arms, really off and, he's, the ball. And, he's, and he's pretty good. He's got actually, he's got yeah, sneaky. He's, he, he's sneaky quick, too. He's not like Danny Green slow. He's a little quicker than that. So I, I think that like with those two things in our defensive system and the fact that he's on his rookie deal, second round draft pick, he costs almost nothing. The Lakers are going to need guys like that going forward, especially like we were talking about last week and I couldn't agree more on it's going to be a short season. We don't even know how many back-to-backs are going to be or potentially if there's going to be back-to-back-to-backs and like a, a, like a specific location, like, oh, we're playing in Denver for three nights. We're playing three games. LeBron ain't going to play no three games in a row. He might not even play in any back-to-backs all season long. You know what I mean? So you're going to want, and whether that's a guy like THT or Kuzma to up his value so that it looks like we can maybe trade him for something a little more impactful than I feel like we can now um, come the deadline. But so I, I, it's going to be really important. Agreed. Totally. Those young, Although those young, those young legs like that, man, that's those, what you need to carry you. Right. And, and that's, even if Rondo comes back, I could see the same scenario where he doesn't play in back-to-backs yeah. or if there, if there are, I don't think there will be back-to-back-to-backs unless there are a lot of travel issues. Um, or like, makeup games because of COVID. Also true. Great point. Great point. I wonder who suggested uh, that last week. <laughs> who did? I don't know. All of us, <laughs> but Go we on. were yelling about we were yelling about Jared Dudley so much that we, we no, nobody heard anything. That's fifteenth man. Know Jared to Dudley had the best three point percentage and the <laughs> second best net rating of any players on the Lakers who played forty games. You know what, man? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to answer your word with somebody who you now are infatuated that I alerted you to is the best fifteenth man, and that is Christian Wood. Because he started out he wasn't beating out. Man, no. Well, no, he started out. He, started out he beat Joe Johnson in training camp to get the last spot for Detroit Pistons. He immediately proved he wasn't a 15th man. Well, technically, he started the season as that. So we're just going to go ahead and say, you know what? Christian Wood's my answer. <laughs> you like to interpret things your way, Gerald. That doesn't necessarily mean they're correct. Uh, hey, who, know, does, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, there you go, indeed. But, Sean, I know you had something real quick to say. I want to go ahead and touch on that right now. And then right after, Jamie, I want you to go ahead and talk here real quick. We'll go ahead and turn it to you when it comes to concerns, the crowd size and all that. But go ahead, Sean. You had some things before uh, you wanted to go ahead and touch on. Right, Gerald. Yeah, I just wanted to add something here. I realize that the Lakers are in a win-now mode. However, there are a number of young players who have developed under the system in the G League. And there are players who have been drafted by us and have been cultivated by us. And they are Alex Caruso. Look, KCP wasn't fully cooked when he left Detroit. He's been here for three years. I think he's fit into the culture. And he's found a way to adapt into the Lakers system. I just think if you're if you're losing him and you're going to trade Kuzma away, then you absolutely have to find a way somehow to extend Alex Cruz. So we can't just sit by and watch all these young guys walk out the door again. I mean, Mo Wagner is a rotational player. Speed Smolik is a, a rotational player. I love Speed. Jordan Clarkson is a rotate Jordan Clarkson is a rotational player. I mean, Rob finds guys who are rotational players. We need to find a way to keep one. Rob wasn't yeah. uh, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson yeah. was. Uh, that was no, that no, was... no. I'm just with 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 other players. Alex V. Yeah, I know. Like he well, finds he. The Washington get... Wizards are the Lakers East, and so are the New Orleans <laughs> Pelicans. But I, I, well, I understand. And Svi Mihailik, 
I really was sad to see him moved, uh, and I think he's getting the opportunity yeah. in Detroit. And we'll yeah. get so this year if he's not traded. We'll get a great opportunity to showcase his wares. I still remember the year that they draft him and Jay Bilas. All I could say, well, well, his arms are short. Well, his arms are short. Well, he's playing in the <laughs> league now, and he's getting a, a, a good return on his short arms, shooting very well from three-point area and actually contributing – Although it's not to a winning team, I hope he does get a chance to go ahead and prove his worth and maybe prove Jay Bylas a little wrong at the same time. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But you're right. We won't be talking about the NBA draft here now. I still hope to do something this week in regards to the NBA draft. Look out for that. In fact, I will also have a live interview, if you're listening to this, with Mike Lenoir, NBA draft hopeful that we'll have on the air that I'm going to also air this week. But, Jamie, before we head on out, one of the things I also want to ask you is this. Uh, you mentioned to me about how the Lakers, and this is something I posted uh, about last week on Lakerholics.com when the announcement first came out, that the Lakers will not be having any crowds, not even Jack Nicholson. Well, actually, you know what? Jack may have his own seat and everybody else is gone. But, Jack, not you know, there still will be no crowds for the Lakers games at Staples Centers this year. I think that would also probably include the Clippers as well. I'm, I'm assuming if you're going to have one, maybe, maybe I don't know. It kind of be weird if the Clippers had their crowd and the Lakers didn't. But be that as it may, Golden State has announced they're going to have up to 50%. Is that correct? I mean, that's their plan. That's their hope. That's what they've submitted to the state of California. That's their new arena. That's their new arena going, hey, this costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, built so it with their own money, too. They built, yeah, no. And they're one of the, I believe the Lacobes are partial owners of Chase Center, which is uh, another right. as another uh, 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 determining factor. I mean, the Lakers have nothing to, they don't own Staples Center. They're just tenants. Yes. Um, so you could, you could see a world, actually, where the Clippers decide, hey, man, we need to make some inroads in Los Angeles. We just got railroaded out of the playoffs. <laughs> we are not on an upswing. We don't have the hype. Steve Ballmer is trying to open his own arena in Inglewood. Thank goodness they're keeping the forum. They are keeping the forum, which is great news. I mean, it just makes sense. It makes sense to have like a, a concert venue there and, and keep the sporting where they are. That's what Staples has done a pretty good job, unless it's like, you know, huge, huge acts. But anyway, I could see a world where they pull, put their little players up over the banners and make Staples Center their quote unquote home uh, and have, you know, luxury box and whatever spot attendance is allowed. I actually think it would behoove the NBA to play outside. They've done it before. Obviously, early on, it would be a bit of an issue in some places, but. By the time spring rolls around, they should try to play as outside as much as they possibly can. I think because then you can idea. have the NHL does it. For the NHL does it. It doesn't make sense to me that they haven't considered it more. I can't. I don't really. I can't wrap my head around that one. It seems playing in Dodger I, Stadium. I, I there's a million places all over the country. Point being is that they're going to want. Everybody's going to want more revenue. The players are going to want more, more revenue. The owners are going to want more revenue. The BRI is only going to go up if fans come into it. Come into games. I think the Warriors plan is kind of brilliant. I have some friends who have basically turned their homes into concert venues doing this rapid testing thing. They still socially distance people out. They, they, there's a lot that they do to, to make it safe. Uh, mask required, social distance. And it's outside. It's just, they don't let people in the house. It's all in like large backyards. One of the benefits of living in certain places in Los Angeles. And so th- there's definitely a, a public interest in, in attending. And I think that it's mainly probably a concern for the players. And if you were to say, look, we're not letting anybody into the lower bowl. There's obviously going to be no courtside, courtside seats. And we're spacing everybody out throughout the rest of the arena. I could see a world where the Warriors get this plan approved after this spike dies down. This recent spike that's going to come through in California is going to be an issue. 
that's going to come through everywhere, but it's hitting California pretty hard. I could see in, in a world where, you know, things are starting to change. There's more mask mandates. I think it could happen. I think the Lakers may actually end up reversing course on this. Uh, if the Warriors get, plan gets through and there's a viable, like, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, we all, the bubble was so successful that we got used to the NBA playing with zero COVID cases uh, in a way that we never got used to with baseball and certainly not football. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. I think that a lot of teams will change this stance of from now today in two, three months on down the line. uh, Once we see a, if there's a, more comprehensive federal government response uh if there's uh something some kind of vaccine that's on the horizon uh so on and so forth so i I think that that was maybe a little preemptive to you know jump in the gun a little bit on the lakers part when they've said like no fans i think that everybody's gonna want to see that bri number tick up as much as humanly possible over the course of the season and the only way they're going to do that in a meaningful way is to get fans in the uh, stands so I like your idea of going outside, although obviously for weather and climate reasons, it can't be done totally throughout, you know, or for some team. Now, obviously, if you know it's going to rain and things of that nature, you got to have plans ahead of time. But I see that that would be great if they just go down the street, ironically, to the, let's say, the L.A. Coliseum, per se, which would be right across the street from where the Los Angeles Sports Arena, ironically, where the Clippers once played. How ironic would that be? <laughs> It would all be funny. <laughs> yes, it would all be too funny indeed. But Laker Tom, any thoughts on on no crowds at the at the arenas for the Lakers? Looks like some other arenas don't have, share well, that. Same. You know, one of the things one of the things that was that was put out, and when the the league first put together all of the strenuous protections for the players uh, in the bubble, was the the quick testing that they were doing. And this is the same testing. Uh, that basically uh, the Warriors are planning to use. So it's a quick test where basically they can tell right on the spot whether somebody has got coronavirus or not. And supposedly the test works with uh, whether or not you're symptomatic. So if you can do that and bring in crowds and spread them around like that, um, I think that that's pretty doable because first off, you're able to, you're not threatening the players. That's one big thing that, that you've got to address there is that you cannot have contact between the players and the crowds. But if you limit that so that the crowd is taking a risk, and I'm sure there's probably going to be the Donald Trump type of the waiver that you put in there that we agree <laughs> on, we're taking a risk from coming here. Um, we're not going to sue the, you know, we're not going to sue the Golden State Warriors or the Chase Center for if we happen to catch COVID. Um, and I think the thing that, that's, that's just as interesting is how are the teams going to regulate the players? The players in one sense are going to be doing the same as we're doing, or really what I hope all of us are doing, which is you have your immediate household and you're limiting, you're limiting your contacts to the people who are in your immediate household. I've got four words for you on that. Good luck on that. Well, you know, listen, I mean, hey, I went, I had a, I had a consulting gig last week and I went down to California city and I'm, they asked me to have lunch with these two guys. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and have lunch with two guys. I don't care what the deal is. I'm not going to sit there for 35, 40 minutes without a mask with two guys sitting four or five feet from me. But you're not that's you, exactly I mean, what people are saying that that's the danger. But you're so, asking you're asking late teens, early twenty kids <laughs> to be responsible, and as we have seen yeah, over I'm course of the past six months, their grandmothers and their grandfathers, their fathers and their mothers, and I don't think people realize how dire the situation is going to become, and how many people are going to die in the next few months. So I, I agree with you. I, I think not, the I, NBA I mean, is the NBA cannot avoid no matter. Let's say, let's say that you have a team that has got great chemistry, like the Lakers, you could expand your household to include all of the other households of the players. And everybody could be very good about protecting themselves and so forth. And then you got to ask 29 go other play, teams. Then you go, you play a team that doesn't do the same thing. And one of their players wasn't as careful 
one now, of their families wasn't care. Well, you're going to have you're going to have a few cases no matter no matter what you do, where players are going to get. That's, that's why that's why I told you in the first place they might expand rosters. That's why I told you, you in the first place. Haven't heard about that from uh, anybody. That's a possibility. Send me an article to prove that. Right. I don't believe that that's going to happen. It's not in the discussions. If it were in the discussions, it would have been publicized by now. So there's going to be cases where you'll have one or two players, or three or four players, maybe even five or six players, on a team that can't play, and that's that's just it's it's like injuries, you know, it's just another form of injuries that you're going to have to deal with as you go along. Well, with then the you're season. gonna you're gonna have canceling games if it's five or six. Players. You're gonna have cancellations of games, of course. You know, I mean, what have you're gonna have cancellation of facilities. You're going to have rescheduling of games and facilities because, you know, a certain team was here and there and they got three people who were, had COVID and then another team came in the next day and they had, you know, um, hopefully the NBA has some experience in testing players. So it won't be like the LA Dodgers who, you know, who actually win the world series and then have nine guys test the next morning positive because Thanks, I Justin think those people, I think there were a bunch of people there that just didn't care, you know, and, and the league is going to be better about no, no, that, no. but you can't predict not... what's going to happen right now because we just don't know where we're going to be in three or four months. What happened That's with that scenario with the dot, what happened with the Dodgers was that they, the major league baseball sent all their tests to a remote lab in Arizona. So they didn't actually get the results back. Um, the positive came back, but yeah. it didn't, come up the food chain quickly enough until literally that's they, why you need instant testing you know that's I mean, why he was pulled biden, out during the game biden could save, exactly. Biden could exactly. save professional sports joe biden and the new administration could save professional sports <laughs> we'll, in the united I mean, states. we'll see it's going to require the united states congress that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that train <laughs> that that horse might already left the barn my friend that's a that's a tough task you gotta believe in, you gotta believe in georgia bubba's gonna save us okay. we'll see john <laughs> uh, i know you were very patient, so I want to go ahead. You raised your hand in class, so go ahead and tell me what you need, what you what you want to say about the situation in regards to crowds, as far as for NBA. Yeah, it it it's kind of ironic, Gerald. That I, I agree with you with those four words. Good luck with that. I think it's going to be very difficult uh, to see a situation where the Lakers or some other team, like James said, doesn't change course. Like they'll decide. Oh, well, we see how good the Warriors have done. We'll adopt some of their model, and we'll resubmit it to to the council. I'm not sure if that'll go over in L.A. with uh, with their administration. Um, it, it's a hell of a time. It's a hell of a situation in that state. For example, if if and I'm just just spitballing here. If Jamie, if what Jamie says is true, and the Lakers change course. What would stop, uh, say, a company from Disney turning around and saying, hey, wait a minute, I've got a huge park that's just been sitting here empty for almost a year, for almost a year, and I'm losing money, and you're going to allow the Los Angeles Lakers to, to have 50% capacity? I think it creates uh, a wildfire of problems within, within that 30-mile zone. At that it does indeed, but there's we're still going to be updating you here at the Lakers Fast Break going forward as far as the situation is concerned, as far as you know, attendance for the NBA, how it affects the Lakers, the Staples Centers, and all that. But this will be a constant source of information that hopefully you will find at Lakerholics.com each and every day. Again, great conversations are had. In fact, as my daughter remarked as she saw it, Sometimes the conversations in the comments are longer than the articles themselves <laughs> at Lakerholics.com. So be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com, whether it's Laker Tom also on his medium.com site. Jamie Sweet is also there with five great things. Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, is also there. And for me at the Lakers Fast Break, I just dropped my last and final, my final, 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 final mock draft, which I might have to change now that the Lakers made a trade. <laughs> but it is. Who, who, did you, who did you draft for the uh, Oklahoma Thunder? Well, Malachi Flynn, Malachi Flynn. But anyways, <laughs> Lakers draft is right there. Lakers Fast Break mock draft 5.0. It's right there on the site, Lakerholics.com. Also as well, I want to go ahead and mention not only have got coming up this week in regards to NBA draft and then also as well, 
got Mike Lenoir coming up for you and also Chris LeBron coming up as well. I want to go ahead and tell you again, if you didn't get a chance, the Lakers retrospective, the look back at the Lakers part one, some great conversations there. Again, it's one of my finest production efforts. I think as far as that standpoint it's a really good episode. So you get a chance, check it out. Lakers fast break channel. We also have Lakers roundtables also there available, including, you know, we're, Laker Tom gets mad at me a little bit, although it's edited for time and content. <laughs> and then also another great conversation with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, where we talk about the latest news and rumors in the NBA, plus the NBA draft as well, which you know these guys didn't want to talk about or said was a moot point at this point. But you know what? We well, didn't it is even now. <laughs> it is now for the Lakers for the most part, unless they buy a second round draft choice. So we'll see what which happens. They will do. They might. They might. They might. They might. They might which we'll see. But again, it's the Lakers fast break. If you have any questions for us at Lakers fast break on Twitter, Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. We didn't even talk too much about James Harden possibly going to the nets, but you know what? We'll cover that in the coming days as well. There's so much to talk about in the NBA. Remember Wednesday's the NBA draft Thursday, the deadline for people to go ahead and opt in or out and Friday. Oh my gosh. It's the NBA free agency begins. It's not as big or as, Glamorous is Sunday. Signings on Sunday, too. Yes. So, oh, yeah. but it is something that everybody out there for the Lakers that needs to be following them needs to go ahead and continually update. So, check out Lakerholics.com for your updates. And I'll hopefully, I will also be bringing you many updates as well right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.